Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What's up, guys? Here we are once again for the preseason finale episode of the Bears Talk Underground. We will be talking about the Bears uh, preseason finale uh, game against the Bills on Saturday. And uh, we'll mostly be diving into the newly released 53-man roster uh, for 2023. And I was reading something on Twitter earlier uh, today. I refuse to call it X. It's freaking Twitter. All right? Let's just, yeah. Nobody correct me. It's Twitter. Anyway. um, (laughs) And it was, I think it was Kyle Shanahan that was being quoted as saying, you know, it's like, don't sweat uh, the 53-man rosters, like over the course of the season, we're going to have 153-man rosters. This is just the 53-man roster for Tuesday. And fr- quite frankly, there, uh, you know, no truer statement has been said. I mean, look at how the, you know, the changes that the Bears made last year. They went ahead and set a 53-man roster on Tuesday, and then on Thursday they had, a, they had six or seven different guys because Ryan Poles went nuts on the waiver wire. Uh, last year and with the Bears having literally top priority for everyone that's been waived uh, today I would say do not get attached I mean this this actually this roster will probably be obsolete by the time most of you hear this with the moves that Ryan Poles I'm sure is going to claim a few guys off of waivers uh, tomorrow especially since he's got first crack at literally everyone that is the the luxury of of us having the top pick, uh, you know, in this year's draft or having the worst record in the league uh, last year, or however you want to uh, put it. And the same thing is true. I think the Bears have top waiver priority until like week three or something like that, and then it goes back to you know how the records are falling and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So with Ryan Poles and in his uh, desire to get a certain kind of player. Uh, into town and, and and all that kind of stuff. I, I would not be surprised that if uh, a handful of these guys that are on this fifty-three man roster that I'm about to talk about are on a different team by the time most of you are actually listening uh, to this. So because uh, he claimed six guys uh, off of waivers last year after the initial fifty-three man roster uh, was set, and uh, you know. We've got top priority this year. I don't, I'm not saying he's going to go nuts and claim like ten guys off waivers, but you know we also know that based on his first year last year when he did claim six guys, he's not afraid. He's not in love with this 53 man roster, so to speak. He will make changes if he feels like somebody that uh, you know was a castaway for someone else uh, would be a better fit for us. So let's go ahead and and dive right into it get to the get get into the guts of this close out this preseason so we can get ready for what we've been waiting for as I've said a thousand times since the start of last year the regular season for 2023 to see if you know all the hype and 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 everything for our beloved 
is everything that we hope that it will be and to see it come to fruition in just, what, six, what, eight days, nine days from now, something like that. Um, actually, it's probably a little bit more, probably like 12 days. Today's, today's Tuesday, so, yeah, 12 days from today on the 10th when the Bears and the Packers take the field. Soldier Field week one. Can't wait. So here we go. Let's wrap this whole thing up. It's the preseason finale episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial tone. Ringing out loud and I don't know. Real quick before I go ahead and diving into uh, the game. or <laughs> Actually, this leads very well into uh, the game. For those of you that follow me on, on the social medias, BTU underscore Larry on Twitter and on, um, what's the other one? Instagram. And uh, the uh, just search Bears Talk Underground on Facebook and join our Facebook group uh, as well. Um, I made my big move uh, to the Chicagoland over the weekend. Um, my, my mother, my sister, my niece, my nephew, and my niece's boyfriend. Good kid. Uh, drove all the way out to Cedar Rapids to help me haul my stuff all the way out here uh, to where uh, I'll be staying here with my, my dad and my stepmom for the next few months until I get a get a new gig and find a place uh, on my own out here in Hobart, Indiana, just uh, northwest Indiana. I could probably spit on Illinois from for how close uh, I am uh, now, but I'm in the Chicagoland area for the first time in 16 years as far as living here. 2007 is when I left. So, uh, yeah, it's been a while. And um, I'm all set up down here in the uh, basement. Uh, remember, I, I warned you guys uh, about my my big uh, fluffy dog, Buddy, who is as deaf as the day is long. <laughs> God bless him. He is the sweetest animal you'd ever want to meet in your life. He just he loves everybody and, and all that kind of stuff. But he just all of a sudden decides he's going to be a dog and just bark at whatever's out there. We have no idea what he's barking at, but from time to time, since he's practically standing right above me, you might hear him uh, from time to time. So just throwing that out there. But, you know, because of that move, we started, I was up as, you know, about seven o'clock that morning uh, doing some tidying up around the apartment, the, the last minute, you know, packing because, you know, nothing really gets, you're not really fully packed until it's time to move. And uh, so, you know, disconnecting the television because obviously I needed to do watch TV to entertain myself and, and all that kind of stuff. I returned my my router back to the cable company so that they wouldn't charge me a billion dollars uh, for it and all that kind of stuff. My mom and my sister finally got into town to, uh, get, you know, grab the moving truck, get it loaded up. And with everything, because you, you got to remember... It's a four and a half hour commute from Cedar Rapids to uh, my dad's out here in uh, in Northwest Indiana, and uh, you know it took us about two hours to load up the truck. Uh, we drove for about an hour and a half. We stopped for lunch, and then we went the rest of the way. We're finally pulling up uh, to my dad's place about nine thirty uh, that night, and um, you know all I did was take a shower and go to bed. I slept fine, but. I think the overall exhaustion, because this is something that I'd been doing for the better part of the last two weeks, because I came home at the beginning of August, um, you know, to to to, uh, to to make a quick visit and, and some final preparations before actually, you know, moving in, get you know, getting my storage locker 
uh, all set up and, and uh, getting the truck rented and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, so getting to sleep that night wasn't the challenge, but I think the overall exhaustion of the whirlwind that I'd been through, especially in the last three days before I moved, because it was nonstop where I was, you know, loading this, moving this, you know, this, you know, th- all the trash, you, you know, you throw out the thing, you know, it's always the, a big subtraction when you're, when you're moving out, it's like stuff that you've held on for years. You just sit there and all of a sudden you look at it and like, why do I have this? I don't know why I still have this. And you know, off that goes and you know, and things like that. And I'm sure the next time that I move, not when I move from here, but probably the, the next big move, uh, there will be some more of like, I don't know why I still have this. I'm going to throw this away before I go to the next place and, and so on and so forth. But I think the overall exhaustion of, especially of the, like the last 72 hours, it caught up with me on Saturday. Uh, cause I got up just fine in the morning. Uh, my dad and I went and returned the, uh, the moving truck, uh, you know, to the place and we got back home with about 20 minutes to spare before the bears and the bills kicked off. I hunkered down in the couch and, uh, the, uh, you know, the bears got the ball first and, and the fields and company were three and out on the opening drive. And then as Josh Allen and the bills, slowly but surely methodically moved the ball downfield and scored on their opening drive, the overall exhaustion caught up to me, and I passed the fuck out. I was gone. As much as I've been looking forward to that game all day because I knew Fields was going to play, so I knew he was going to be out there with DJ Moore, and they were going to put all the best on the field with him uh, and everything. I was really looking forward to it. And as I tweeted out and as I posted on the Facebook group, of the 60 minutes of football that the Bills and the Bears played on Saturday, I was watching the back of my eyelids for at least 56 minutes of it. I mean, I barely caught a few minutes here and there of it. You know, I I would wake up occasionally. I know at one point uh, Tyson Badgett threw threw a pass to Steven Carlson that should have been a touchdown, but he dropped it. Uh, in the end zone, because my dad and my brother were both like, ah, you know, that kind of thing when he uh, when he dropped it. And uh, with that big play that uh, that uh, Justin Fields hit uh, DJ Moore and, you know, DJ Moore, he's going to be a stud for us this year, man. I cannot wait to see real game action uh, with that guy and and to watch them be on the field long enough to get into a groove with one another. I mean, I know that they've built up this really great rapport uh, in practice, and they'd be giving the defense fits. But I can't wait to watch them give Green Bay fits on Sunday and then Tampa Bay the Sunday after that and then possibly even Kansas City the Sunday after that and so on. So, um, you know, but I did watch the condensed version of the game, so I have a good gist of uh, of how it all went down and, and, and what happened. I saw Tyreek Stevenson uh, get his interception after having, I think, literally one in every game like one against Tennessee and another one against Indianapolis go right through his hands. I think one of them, I think the one in Tennessee went through his hands and was became a touchdown or something, or is that Indianapolis? Either one. Like he's he's had his hands on the ball in all three games, and in this one he finally brought it down. Made a hell of a pick, too, uh, from what I saw. That play between uh, Fields and DJ Moore was really, was really awesome. Watching DJ Moore turn like a five-yard dump off into a 40-yard gain was great. Um and then I know that uh, Tyson Badgett was first off the bench uh, as well, despite my uh, my rant, uh, you know, last week to, uh, reviewing the game. Um, hey, you know, that's why they're in the position to do this, and that's why I'm 
you know, the fat guy on the couch just watching, I guess. Um, they're going with Badgett. We'll talk more about that when we get to the to the roster. But he was the first one off the bench, and from what I understand, he – I mean, he looked pretty good from the, the highlights and everything uh, that I saw. 7-14, 43 yards, ran for another touchdown. Did throw an interception, though, so – but, you know – it took him three games to throw his first pick, so I, I guess there is a, a silver lining to that uh, as well. Uh, P.J. Walker cleaned up at the end of the game, went 6-for-11, 71 yards. Did finally throw a touchdown pass in a uh, Bear uniform. Uh, it was in garbage time at the end of the uh, game to make the score look a bit more respectable, uh, to make it a 24-21 uh, ball game at that point. And, uh, you know, Justin Fields only two for six, 51 yards, and that 40-yard completion to uh, DJ Moore was basically all of the fireworks that he put together. Had a decent run in there as well, a scramble uh, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, they just – I think Fields has been out there for a com- for a, like combined 13 plays or or something like that. Uh, the, the drive that he started in the first quarter, Tyson Badgett finished it in the second quarter so it was like first quarter you're done even if he's in the middle of a drive Tyson Badgett comes in uh finishes it off or at least that's the way I understood it when I watched the uh the highlights on uh on YouTube and then he had the the touchdown run I think a drive or two later is uh when that one yeah the 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 drive that he finished was was our field goal and uh Tyler Scott had a really nice kick return uh in there Padgett finished that drive with the TD run it was 14 to 10 after that uh, Travis Gibson in what will probably be his last game as a Chicago Bear got a strip sack uh, on that one, and then that's the 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 drive after that's where Badgett threw his interception. And then, like I said, these are all notes that I'm looking at here. Um, Isaiah Ford blocked a punt. They were saying that it was Terrell Smith. It was Isaiah Ford uh, that blocked the the punt. And uh, as I said before, PJ Walker did end up leading touchdown drive off of the block punt to give us the 24 21 final score the bears go to one and two uh on the preseason and uh from watching the highlights it, it basically didn't appear that i missed much as far as in the way of fireworks or extraordinary things uh or whatever and and as much as as we all look forward to the preseason because we get to see our guys play uh, for the first time in six months or eight months, however long it's uh, however long it's been, preseason football can be really boring football, and you're you're mostly watching, especially nowadays with the way teams treat the preseason. It's not like it was before. I mean, I that's where the the thing about preseason was is like the first one, yeah, you're going to see them out there for a drive, maybe two. Second game, they're going to play a quarter, and then the third game was traditionally known as the uh, dress rehearsal game. Not only are the starters going to to play, they're going to play into the second half to simulate regular game day. You're going to go through your regular game day routine. You're going to play the first half. You're going to go through your halftime. Uh, process and you're going to start the second half and then shortly after you know maybe the first drive into the second uh, since the second half then we clear the benches and let the uh, the guys trying to make the team make their case uh, on the field there is no dress rehearsal game now you know there really isn't Um, I mean the Bears did uh, play their starters a full quarter uh, on Saturday uh, for as much as they could I mean even they even though 
they pulled the offense off the field uh, on a drive they hadn't finished yet. One quarter in, boom, they're done. That's it. We're we're off to 2023 uh, and everything. So, you know, especially nowadays, the preseason isn't what it used to be. Uh, it's not as fun uh, to watch. There, there isn't a, you know, that marquee preseason game like like week three, which was the dress rehearsal, where you're basically going to see for the most part a game take place uh, in front of you. But uh, you know, they don't. Most teams don't do that uh, anymore. You know, I, I I would I would like it very much if a few more teams were old school and and went with that. Especially if it was our team, we got to watch our starters play. But uh, you know, guys. Guys are killing each other and going down in practice nowadays. You can't risk them. You can't risk playing them in a game. They don't make them like they used to, uh, I guess is what it is. Or, you know, as I've argued for years, if you put contact back in practice, these guys' bodies might be well, might be better conditioned for the game because they are absolutely bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic than players uh, of your used to be. But, you know, there, there's that old saying is, you know, it's one thing to be in shape. It's something else to be in football shape. And I don't think these guys are in the same kind of football shape that they would have been in 10, 15 years ago or before that 2011 CBA got signed. Because that's when they that's when they took all of the contact out of practice, maybe one pra- contact practice a week and, you know, and all that kind of stuff took away two a day practices and. Uh, and and all that and and I know what that that's for. I, I have it's for say player safety and and all that kind of stuff, and that's fine. But I do think that from to one degree or another, the game suffers for it. I really do. That you know, especially during the preseason, that you know, obviously it's football. You're going to take your lumps. There's going to be injuries. It happens every single year, but. You know, it just, you also see, you know, the, the soft tissue injuries and how many guys were out of practice and or didn't play in preseason games. And some of them didn't play at all because of something they were nursing or, you know, something like that, that they were in practice with. It's not a, not a severe injury or anything like that, but we're going to hold them out of the game because we want them ready for week one and, uh, and things like that. And I just think that if they were actually practicing football in football practice, their bodies might be more conditioned for what the game is going to demand of them as the season goes along. So, you know, I just think it's riskier to not do that than to uh, to go out there and hit every day uh, and practice and everything. I just, I don't know. But uh, that's just my two cents uh, on it. But the preseason is over now. Um, the Bears were 1-2, and two, so Iberflus was undefeated through the through the Tennessee game and then has lost two straight. Uh so he's got a new preseason streak going on. Uh officially four and two in preseason as a head coach of the Chicago Bears. But now we get to the games that count. And uh at least for the next uh twenty four to forty eight hours, uh the you know the fifty three man roster that we're gonna go to war with is uh has been set, came out at about 4 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, And here are the list of cuts. We're going to go through these. I hope I got them all. I've kind of been collecting them from different stories and whatnot. I think I got them all. But we're going to go through through these names uh, of the the guys not on the team, and then we'll talk about the 53-man roster and uh, 
what changes I think need to be made and, and what hat. But, uh, you know, uh, let's see. We got wide receivers, Doris Fountain and Joe Reed. Um, and I'm just going to call them cuts. I'm not going to go with the designations, who got waived, who's, who's been cut, whose contract got terminated. They got cut, period. That's it. They're cut. Uh, tight ends, Jared Pinckney and Jake Tonjes. Uh, offensive lineman, Bobby Haskins and Gabe Hoyd. Alex Leatherwood was kind of like, and it was a, a like a, you know, what was it? I think Monday. Monday they announced his, or Sunday actually, they announced his cut on on Sunday that, uh, you know, basically the Bears were letting him know that he was being waived, so the Alex Leatherwood experiment is now over, having picked him up off of waivers last season. Uh, he had that bout with Mono that basically cost him half of the year, and then when he was back and ready to go, you know, he wasn't a threat to uh, take anyone's job. And, uh, you know, didn't really live up to um, that first-round pick that the Raiders used on him uh, and everything. So he's not worth the the first-round money that he's making. So he is now uh, a former uh, Bear. But, again, I mean, I and he's not going to be uh, – we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if he would take a practice squad uh, bid uh, from the Bears if we offered it to him. I mean – It'd be a hell of a lot cheaper than uh, having him on the roster, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, that was like one of the big headlining moves earlier uh, in the week. We'll talk about the other one here in just a moment. Uh, but other other uh, moves, uh, defensive tackles, Andrew Brown and, and Bravion Roy. Uh, the Roy, we, we claimed off waivers from the uh, Panthers when they cut him earlier in the uh, preseason. Uh, Kawani Dang, I believe that's how you pronounce that. Buddy Johnson, Davion Taylor, all linebackers uh, released as well. Michael Ojemudia um, made a few plays uh, in the preseason, so it's not like some of these names I'm reading off, I don't recognize any of them uh, kind of thing. Ojemudia, he did make uh, some waves, so I'd, I'd expect he's probably going to be one of those guys that gets signed to the practice squad along with uh, Micah Baskerfield. He played some he made some plays at the linebacker position for us. Travis Bell, the seventh-round pick. Both of our seventh-round picks got cut, actually. Uh, but Travis Bell, the defensive tackle out of Kennesaw State, did not make the original 53. He needs a little bit more seasoning coming from a, you know, a lower-level uh, program. And as we all learned, he's one of Ryan Pohl's favorite people. So if he clears waivers, then the Bears are going to bring him back for sure. Uh, fullback Robert Burns, he 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 ran a bit as a running back in the last two games against the Colts and the uh, Bills, but it was listed as a fullback, um, scored a touchdown uh, in the Indianapolis game, I believe. Uh, ran the football pretty well, you know, couldn't really tell at times he was actually a fullback aside from his size, but he moved very well, so, you know, possibly see him coming back. Uh, tight end Steven Carlson, I could see him being, uh, you know, called back for, practice squad as well he was let go cornerback Macon Clark uh offensive tackle Kellen Deesh and uh Dieter Eelson or Eiselson Eiselin Eislin that's it Eislin also let go another big name for us another Ryan Pace uh castaway Travis Gibson who had received permission from the Bears earlier in the week to seek a trade wasn't able to find a uh trade partner before the Tuesday deadline so the Bears let him go 
Uh, he is on waivers. I doubt he would take an offer from the Bears. Uh, I mean, I don't think he was necessarily unhappy uh, in Chicago. I just think he was happier as a 3-4 outside linebacker than he was as a 4-3 edge rusher. And he actually played well during the preseason, but when that first um, depth chart came out at the start of the preseason, he was listed as like fourth or something on the depth chart, which meant he was an outside shot to make the team uh, at that point. Him and uh, I think Kendall Vildor was like fifth on one of the cornerback uh, depth charts. Is like, okay, these guys definitely who have been starters and contributors in the past, they're going to have an uphill battle to make the team if this roster, if this depth chart is any indication. And uh, here's, uh, you know, shoe to drop number one, Travis Gibson, now a former Bear, was placed on waivers uh, today. I believe it was placed on waivers. Uh, defensive end uh, Jalen Harris is joining him as well. Offensive tackle Bobby Haskins. Uh, undrafted free agent DeAnthony Jones uh, from the University of Houston. I suspect he'll be a guy that can get a practice squad spot if somebody doesn't uh, doesn't claim him off of uh, waivers. Offensive uh, guard Josh Lug uh, on uh, was let go today. Um, gonna have to forgive me on this last name, but he's one of the international uh, players. Roy uh, Mbatika. Mbatika. I, I apologize, but uh, you know he's. I know he's an offensive lineman. I recognize the name, but he's one of those international uh, players. You know was probably been playing football for 28 minutes or something uh, like that, but because of his size and his natural uh, ability and, you know, the NFL's uh, eagerness to make pro football a, a uh, international uh, sport uh, and everything, uh, they've got a handful of these guys. There's one, that, the only other one that I know of is uh, defensive tackle in with the Chargers. I wonder if he made the team, uh, but it was a very big deal during the preseason. He made uh you know him not being you know all that familiar. The literally the first preseason game he played in with the Chargers, first football game he's ever played in his life. That's how much. That's how little experience these guys have with the actual sport uh, itself. But they're you know they go to these camps and everything where they're out there looking for athletes and you know guys like uh, we'll just call him Roy and uh, the defensive tackle from uh, from the Chargers. They stand out with their natural abilities and their size and and whatnot. So the the NFL brings them in, and and I think they're exempt from like the ninety man roster. I don't actually I don't think that they are, but it's you know they they give these guys a shot, see what they can do, and uh, you know they they uh, see if they can make a roster or, or possibly uh, a practice squad or something like that. So we'll see what the Bears do uh, with with him. I want to say Mbatika. It looks like that's how it's pronounced, but uh, you know. We'll see what happens with him. He's an offensive tackle. Uh, let's see. Tight end Lachlan Pitts uh, was also let go. Offensive guard Logan Stenberg, who the Bears had claimed off of waivers from the, I want to say the Jets. Somebody like that. They brought him in. He's gone as well. Did I say Davion Taylor? I think I did. Because I copied a couple of the, yeah, I already got Davion Taylor. Uh, safety Braylon Trahan, who made the interception that the, uh, won the Tennessee game or, or saved the Tennessee game in the first game of the preseason. Kendall Vildor was uh, let go, um, so he is no longer 
with the Bears. I, I wonder if if he'd come back uh, for a practice squad bid. Uh, linebackers uh, Barrington Wade, Michael Walker were let go. Our other seventh round pick, Kenda Williamson, the safety, I believe, out of Washington, something like that. Stanford, Stanford. I knew it was a Pac-12 school, even though that basically the Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore for all the teams leaving to go to other conferences. But he was let go. I'm sure he will be a practice squad player as well. Uh, defensive tackles, Andre Brown. Offensive tackle, Aviante Collins. Uh, Nathan Peterman uh, was put on waivers. and uh, Or he was let go, I should say. Uh, cornerback, along with cornerback Greg Stroman. receiver Simba Webster. Uh, 2022 draft pick, Tristan Ebner, was waived-slash-injured. And Isaiah Ford and Dante Pettis were placed on injured reserve. And I did not know this. I mean, I'm sure that I've, you know, saw the result uh, in the past. But if you get put on IR during the preseason, you are done for the year. I didn't know that. So that is uh, Isaiah Ford and, and Dante Pettis both done for 2023. Their seasons are over. So I guess I don't know if Isaiah Ford got hurt after he blocked the punt. Uh, on Saturday, but um, nonetheless, he is uh, on the cut block. And last but not least, I talked about it last week, saying that I thought that it would be a mistake to let's all just, you know, putting the cart before the horse, making Badgent the number two quarterback on our team. Um, that fell on deaf ears because P.J. Walker was let go. Uh, same day as as Leatherwood, I believe it was Sunday or Monday that he was uh, that he was let go. But it was you know the Bears went ahead and made that move, uh, naming Tyson Badgen our number two quarterback, and cutting uh, PJ Walker. Even though they signed him to a two year deal with two million guaranteed, it's a small bump in the road for the Bears as far as the salary cap is concerned. Um, and you know what? It's I, obviously I I can't argue the move by what PJ Walker, the product that PJ Walker put on the field, because it's nothing that he put on the field uh, that I saw when he was starting games for Carolina. Hell, it wasn't even the product he put on the field when he was playing in the XFL the, back in 2020, the season that got that cut short by by COVID. He was the MVP of the league in in the short five weeks that the season. Uh, was up and running for the Houston Renegades, you know, in that 2020 season. He was balling out, man. And because he played so well, he did get a shot with Carolina, you know, because of his time at Temple with with Matt Rule. But he made the most of it, man. He started games. He won games for the Panthers uh, last year. I was very excited when I heard that the Bears uh, signed him to bring him in. I thought he was perfect to to be the backup for Justin Fields because you wouldn't have to change the offense that much. Obviously, he's not going to be as big a threat with the the legs, but he's he's athletic and, and things like that. So you wouldn't have to change up the offense too much going from Fields to PJ Walker, God forbid. So but it's like the preseason, uh none of the three games that he played in were very good. Uh in fact, Tennessee and Indianapolis were downright bad. And the the very little of him that I did watch uh in the highlights or or the condensed version on Saturday. Nothing really to write home about. He did have a really nice throwing catch with Steven Carlson that set up the touchdown at the 
uh, end of the football game. But, you know, otherwise, like I said, his his performance on the field was very underwhelming. And, and as I stated last week, the other, you know, bad mark against P.J. Walker is that for the people that I follow on Twitter, the beat writers, the podcasts that I listen to, not once in, in all of that information have I heard. You know who had a great day in practice today? P.J. Walker. Just didn't hear it. You just did not hear it. So, I mean, he's basically been just a big big pile of stink the entire offseason, uh, you know, here. He's got all the ability in the world. He's got a great arm and everything, but he's just, I don't know. It just was not meant to be in Chicago, uh, I guess, because he did not put it together in practice, did not, you know, turn any heads in practice, and then, you know, he really stunk it up uh, on the field in those, uh, and especially in the first two games against Tennessee uh, and Indianapolis. And, um, you know, they had him coming out on the field with, with you know, with the fourth and fifth stringers there at the end of the of the ball game uh, on Saturday. And it just, uh, it's unfortunate. You know, I would have pounded the table to keep him, but uh, just because I we, we know what he's capable of, of and, and and I would, you know, and I guess it just kind of comes down to the numbers game, as far as um, you know, instead of keeping the third quarterback, and I'm sure it would have been PJ Walker, if that's what it came down to, because I've, I have no doubt in my mind Nathan Peterman was always getting cut. It's just, you know, it, it just came down to it, I, and I think if it, it was a, more of a numbers game because we had to keep you know, like an extra defensive lineman or an extra cornerback or something like that, that, you know, filling that spot and, you know, and also that person being able to play special teams uh, was more necessary than keeping a third quarterback uh, on the roster kind of thing. So, you know, if we were uh, we were a bit more rich in, in talent, maybe in some of those other places, and you know, so maybe we could have afforded a third quarterback on the, uh, roster, but instead, uh, I got my wish as far as uh, Tyson Badgett making the fifty-three man roster, which is what I really wanted when I was, you know, bitching about it last week. But uh, I was kind of hoping we'd hang on to PJ Walker and 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 see that if uh, you know it came down to it and and push came to shove and he had to finish a game or God forbid start a game or two because as as much of a warrior as Justin Fields has been, he had missed. Uh, you know, two three games his rookie year, and you know, uh, you know, uh, two or three games throughout the season last year uh, as well, especially towards the end uh, of the year. You know, to see him go out there with the starters, with the best that we have to offer, because I honestly I did feel like it was somewhat of an Andy Dalton type situation, where Andy Dalton looked terrible in the preseason. This is supposed to be our QB one, and he's going out there, he's playing horribly. But he was also going out there. He wasn't playing with Allen Robinson. He wasn't playing with Darnell Mooney. He wasn't playing with uh, Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham or anything. He was going out there with guys that were not going to make the team. He had maybe one or two of his five offensive linemen starting uh, in front of him. He was not on the field with the best, which is who he'd been practicing with day in and day out. He's not out there throwing routes to you know, the sixth and seventh wide receiver and everything. He's throwing it out there to Robinson and Mooney and all those guys. And I, and I thought that once the regular season got started, we'd see more, we'd see a better version of Dan, Andy Dalton. And in a way, I was right. We did see him play better with the starters than he did with <laughs> with the guys that are going to be bagging groceries and throwing out trash, you know, next week um, than, uh, you know, 
in that type of situation. And I thought that P.J. Walker would kind of be like the same thing. You put him out there with D.J. Moore and Cole Komet and, you know, uh, Khalil Herbert and Rashawn Johnson and, and all those guys with our top offensive line or the best five that we're going to put on the field with all the injuries and bumps and bruises those guys are suffering through, that, yeah, you'd see a lot better version uh, of P.J. Walker. But, uh, you know, like I said, I, I think it probably came more down to a numbers game that uh, – you know, we need a sixth quarterback more than we need a third quarterback. So, yeah, we'll see how that uh, turns out uh, over time. I'm sure he'll catch on uh, somewhere and get a chance to uh, redeem his 2023 season. But uh, unfortunately, it did not work out in Chicago, despite how excited I was to to get him and uh, how much I was kind of advocating for him last week. I guess the Bears and their front office is uh, no way better. So I'm going to go ahead and trust them for now. We'll see how it works out as we get through uh, the season. So now we come to, for real, our final, or well, well, our first, I should say, our first 53-man roster. Like I said, by the time some of you are hearing this and we start making waiver claims uh, and things like that, this uh, could be, uh, anywhere from like two to five guys different by the time you actually hear this. But as it stands at 9 p.m. on Tuesday night, this is the 53-man roster the Bears are going to battle with against Green Bay next weekend. So our quarterbacks, of course, Justin Fields and the undrafted rookie free agent Tyson Badgett, who basically had an outstanding uh, preseason, showed up in every way that he could and with the opportunities that he had in the preseason. You know, and this is a kid with a huge chip on his shoulder. You know, he was, uh, he didn't, you, if any of you have seen the video online about his, uh, his uh, you know, journey to, um, to get to the NFL, you know, playing at Division II Shepherd, uh, he was flirted with by big Division I programs, and when it came time to make an offer, None of them did, so he ended up – he actually lived in, in the, the town that the Shepherd University is or the college, Shepherd College or whatever it is. Uh, you know, he lived there his whole life, so he just went to school and stayed at home uh, kind of thing and, and did what he had to do to get his name out there. And, you know, to get a chance, he didn't get drafted. He got an undrafted rookie free agent opportunity with the Bears because Luke Getze uh, coached him on the, the Senior Bowl, I believe. And uh, now he's our number two quarterback. So how about that? Uh, in the running backs, we have uh, Deontay Foreman, Khalil Herbert, Travis Homer, Rashawn Johnson. So no big surprises uh, there. Khalil, Khalil Herbert was our uh, you know incumbent starter there. Uh, Deontay Foreman, uh, you know, free agent signing. Travis Homer is probably more so going to be a special teams uh, guy. And then Rashawn Johnson, the guy that we couldn't stop raving about when we when he was still there with our second fourth round pick uh, in 2023. Kari Blazingame is our one fullback on the roster. With our wide receivers, the Bears kept six. Chase Claypool, Valis Jones Jr., who was a lot circling him on whether or not he'd be actually able to do it, and he did. He's on the team for the second year in a row. Darnell Mooney, of course, DJ Moore, Equinemius St. Brown, and our other fourth round choice, Tyler Scott. Those are our six wide receivers. Uh, three tight ends, Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis. No surprise. No surprises there. Offensive linemen, uh, these are in alphabetical order. Larry Borum, uh, Jatiri, that's his name, Jatiri. He said to call him JT. I'm going to go with that. JT Carter. 
just so I don't have to stumble over his name or mispronounce it here and there. Uh, JT Carter, uh, Nate Davis, the free agent out of uh, Tennessee, Tevin Jenkins, Braxton Jones, Doug Kramer, Lucas Patrick, Cody Whitehair, first-round pick Darnell Wright, and the guy the Bears traded for just earlier this afternoon in offensive tackle Dan, actually offensive lineman, he's a guard center guy, Dan Feeney from the Miami Dolphins. We gave up a sixth-rounder in 2024 to bring him in from the Dolphins. Switching over to defense, we have nine defensive linemen, uh, Andrew Billings, Gervon Dexter, uh, let's see, Zach Pickens, and Justin Jones are defensive tackles. Terrell Lewis did make the team. How about that? Uh, an outstanding uh, preseason for him. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, Zach Pickens, that's a defensive tackle. Dominique Robinson, Demarcus Walker, those are our defensive ends. Uh, linebackers, uh, Dylan Cole, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, Jack Sanborn, and Noel, Noah Sewell. Corners, Josh Blackwell back on the team again. Kyler Gordon, Jalen Johnson, Jalen Jones, Terrell Smith, Tyreek Stevenson. A lot of young guys in that cornerback group. Kyler Gordon, his you know last year's second-round pick. Jalen Johnson is like the senior, and we drafted him in 2020. Uh, Jalen Jones, Terrell Smith, the 2023 pick. Obviously, uh, Tyreek Stevenson, a 2023 pick as well. The safeties, another like Eddie Jackson and then three young guys, Jaquan Brisker, Elijah Hicks, uh, A.J. Thomas, and uh, that's the four. And then our specialists, no surprises, no changes, Trenton Gill, Cairo Santos, Patrick Scales. Those, ladies and gentlemen, the 53-man roster for the 2023 Chicago Bears, or at least at this moment. Uh, like I said, by the time some of you are hearing this, we'll probably start hearing about some of the waiver claims the Bears have made and the corresponding roster uh, movement to uh, make room uh, for these guys. So, But uh, there's a lot to like here. There's a lot to like. Uh, you know, the running back room, got to love that. You know, I'm, I'm uh, stoked about our, our tight ends. You know, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, as long as, I mean, Mercedes Lewis is an absolute warrior. He's playing in his 18th season, which is a record for a tight end uh, this year. You know, Tunyon had some injury problems uh, with, uh, but he had like catastrophic, like blowing out knees and stuff like that. Hopefully he can stay healthy for us as well. And Cole Kamek can keep building uh, on the outstanding season he had uh, last year. The offensive lineman, we just need to get our five best on the field. I'm hoping that week to week injury that Tevin Jenkins has turns out not to be too serious and we don't miss him for too long. So we can, we can get our starting five out there. I mean, these guys just have been, you know, banged up or in one state or another, you know, they haven't been out there together yet. They really haven't. I mean, hell right now, Cody Whitehair is playing guard for Tevin Jenkins, who's out and Doug Kramer is our center. Or, or it could be, you know, Lucas Patrick, if he's ready to go by week one and all that kind of stuff. We just don't know what we're going to have in front of Justin Fields when we play the Packers next Sunday. So, you know, in a way that's a competitive advantage for the Bears, but in the other way it's, you know, the offensive lineman, as a former offensive lineman I know, it's the team within the team. The chemistry amongst those guys drives everything else on the offense. It really, really does. Ask any team with a good offensive line if those guys are cooking Literally, the entire the entire offense can cook right along with it. So, you know, 
but you you can't have this this constant carousel. I know it's the NFL and guys get hurt and you see it happen all the time, but you know the best teams with the best luck as far as injuries go. It, it you're not dealing with a constant carousel of guys coming in and out of the lineup or whatever. You usually have a lot of stability in those five guys and the chemistry that those guys have. They know each other's ways, their movements, what to expect from one another. It really is important that your offensive linemen are experienced in playing with each other uh, and, uh, you know, to, to get your best product on the field uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So if there was one group in this, in this uh, roster that I am worried about, it's those 10 guys. It is an absolute upgrade from the 10 guys that made the roster last year or the nine guys or however many it was. It is an absolute upgrade. You know, Nate Davis, Darno Wright, Dan Feeney coming in. It's we've got much better depth. We've we've got a we've got a higher level of talent and therefore much better depth as well. But it's just a matter of who's gonna be healthy, who's gonna be on the field, who's actually going to play, and can the chemistry be built with you know within that offensive line. It's going to be so, so important uh if we want to have the success that we're all expecting. Uh, you know, or the progress, I should say, that we're expecting the offense to have uh, this year. If the offensive line can't get it together, the rest of the offense is going to suffer, no doubt. So that's the group out of this entire roster that I'm worried about the most, you know. But it's an improved roster across the board, and that's why we've been talking about the Bears and, and the improvement that they can make this year. Uh, what's possible, especially in the NFC North Division, that is absolutely wide open. And, uh, you know, all the possibilities there uh, as well. So it's it's going to be uh, exciting to watch this team. And we sit here with our fingers crossed, hoping that it all comes together the way that we want to, especially kicking off the season by kicking the crap out of Green Bay uh, next Sunday. Wouldn't that just be just all of it? You know what I mean? So anyway, guys, um, so there you have it. That is the 53-man roster for now and uh we'll see what claims the bears make and uh who among these 53 will uh suffer for it and uh not be on the team or probably then all of a sudden become a a candidate to make the 16 man practice squad uh roster but um you know it's going to be something very interesting to keep an eye on and all the changes and things that can be made between now uh, in week one, I mean, if you guys remember, I don't think the Bears are in line to make any big trades, despite the rumors about Jonathan Taylor and Chris Jones, the defense of uh, defense tackle from the uh, Chiefs uh, and everything. The, for me, the deterrent with both of those guys is not that they want to be traded or anything. I would absolutely trade anything for those guys. However, the problem with both of those guys is they want to get paid, and it's not that the Bears can't afford it. It's just they both want top-line money, and if, if I had to pick one, I'd go with Chris Jones more than Jonathan Taylor because we're not suffering at the running back position. Jonathan Taylor would be special, and it would be amazing to have him and Justin Fields together in the same backfield. However, he wants, you know, like $15, 16000000 million a season from what I understand. Uh, running backs don't make that kind of money anymore. Um, Christian McCaffrey is probably the last guy that's going to get one of those contracts for a while. But... Um, you know, it's just uh, that's not that's not today's NFL. And uh, you know, Chris Jones, on the other hand, defensive tackle, three technique, absolute stud, one of the best. The only thing that goes against him is that he's twenty nine, almost thirty years old. 
So and wants to make thirty million dollars a season. That's that's tough. That's tough. But uh, we can afford them both, or I don't know about both, but I mean, as far as like each of them, we can afford each of them. But um, you know, it, it, for me, it's it's more about the money than it is about making a trade. We have an extra first round pick. God forbid if we had to part with one to get uh, Chris Jones or whatever. But uh, you know, yeah, it's uh, that's tough. It's tough. So. I don't think the Bears are going to make a Khalil Mack trade or anything like that, but as you guys remember, it was literally eight days from when Khalil Mack got traded until he was on the field against the Packers, and the entire preseason was over before Khalil Mack was a Chicago Bear and, and all that kind of stuff. 2018 was so much fun, wasn't it? Hopefully this will be another fun season uh, as well. We're talking about a lot more wins, a lot better play, and uh, not struggling so much with learning the offense and injuries and all the rest of that kind of stuff. So. Anyway, guys, that is going to do it. Uh, we're going to have one more show before the uh, preview episodes uh, begin, and uh, we're going to be talking about the next show is going to be an NFL show, not so much going to be any uh, Bear-centric show. I think the only Bear focus we'll have on the next episode, which will probably be towards the end of this week, will be a um, will be the, the NFL portion will be the picks that stick, and I'll talk a lot about how I'm going to format this year's show with the uh, with the on the NFL uh, side of things going to format a little bit differently uh, this year. Uh, we'll talk about somebody out there suggested to me that uh, because I like to pick them, that maybe we should do a Bears Talk Underground Pick'em League this year. And uh, I'm in. Let's do it. I've uh, actually got a league set up. So on uh, let's say what's today Tuesday. Let's say Thursday, maybe Friday at the latest, I will do what uh, I will make that announcement and, you know, tell you guys where to go to sign up if you want to be part of the Bearstock Underground Pick'em League uh, for 2023. We'll, we'll take a shot and uh, see how that goes uh, this year to see if, uh, you know, I can be as good as I was last year. I had an outstanding record uh, last year. And uh, see if any of you guys are out there better than me. You can beat me. We'll see how that all uh, goes. So I'll be announcing that, the new format, and then we'll talk about the 16-man, any any roster changes that the Bears made, any waiver claims, and I would say, by, you know, I would, I would guess by Friday or Thursday that we'll have our 16-man practice squad set. So look out for that on, uh, I would say, Friday. Probably be the better day, Friday, to give the Bears a few more days to set the 16-man practice squad and the uh, make whatever the waiver claims are going to be tomorrow on Wednesday or today on Wednesday for those of you listening to this and uh, see how that all goes. So let's talk. Let's do it on Friday. Come back for one last show. We'll, uh, we'll talk about the new format of the NFL show, and I'll make my picks for 2023. This will be the Picks That Stick show. We'll, uh, this will be the, the show with, with all the receipts. Who's going to win the NFC North? Who's going to win the NFC? The AFC is going to the Super Bowl. Who's going to win it? And so on. So come back for that on Friday. And until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Hey, 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.